Yeah, here. We're fine. the drums was that stumpy joe peeps stumpy joe it was one stumpy joe you everything give me some money you should have seen the cover they wanted <laughs> just the, the the three inch thick glasses that he's just staring at yeah because who plays him it's that dude that plays the guy with alopecia and <laughs> yeah. fucking arrested development what's his Ed, name Ed Bagley Jr. <laughs> yeah Stan Stan Sitwell. (laughs) Oh my God! There was a there was a a flash of green light. It was just a little globule. He he keeps trying to buy Corvettes. Let's fix your mic. I don't want to. (laughs) I I want to. Luke, the audio file. The the audio file. He has no idea how to use a microphone. You have all this music equipment, and uh, here, let's fix the levels, too. All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome again to the garage. Oh I just dropped his goddamn microphone. Starting off 2022 with a bang. Can we give you a train whistle? Because you're just go- you're going oh, up the man. rails. Righty-tighty, bro. It doesn't work. Righty-tighty, lefty-loosey. It does work. You don't work. <laughs> loosen up this joint first. This one? Yeah. So loosen that so that you can tighten the other one. Yeah. Wait, okay. So it's the content you you, you need. guys didn't pay for. Yeah. <laughs> Who? If you listen to the anchor ad, you do. <laughs> Michael, you're a behemoth. I'm not a behemoth. What are you doing? What you're? Hold on a second. Wait. This man operates machines all day, and he can't adjust a mic stand. That's right. They get other people to do the hard work. Oh, there you go. And then the. So that has to be tight first, and then you can tighten the other. Perfect. There we go. There we go. I like the one that sits on the table. You could have put. We could have used that one if you wanted that one. <laughs> anyway, hello everyone. Welcome. Welcome to uh, get in the garage. Welcome to 2022, the year of our Lord. Um and <laughs> <laughs> the year of having to announce the name twice. Two thousand. No, twenty two. Uh, you guys say thousand still? We're twenty two years into this bitch. Are you, you twenty twenty two? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I normally say. You want to say nineteen thousand eighty seven? Some people do, Jeff. <laughs> Some people do, especially when it's the year of our Lord. Oh, and you can make it worse. Two thousand and twenty two. Two thousand and twenty two. You got to put the and. Like, yeah. Come on, save syllables, people. Uh, emphasize all the consonants. World's running out of them. <laughs> <laughs> So welcome to 2022, Get in the Garage. Um, a music podcast. A music podcast for music fans alike. So we're going to do a little bit of uh, looking back on 2021. A retrospective. A retrospective. There were some high highs. There were some weird lows. There was all kinds of fun stuff. So yeah, let's just, uh, you know, we're just going to talk about that, you know. And would you guys say overall that it was a... Uh, Given given everything, right? Was it a good year for music? Um, I'm gonna say yes. I'm going to say 
I mean, music at large or the music I listen to? Music, let's say music at large, yeah. Uh, I think it was a better year than last year. Better meaning like more was going on. Yeah. Does that really mean better though? Because like people are dangerously packing stadiums and stuff again? I don't know. Someone else can be mm-hmm. the judge of that in the history books. But yeah. um, I think it was a, I think also it was a good year because recorded music that was released, there, there seemed to be a lot of people with their quarantine time in the studio in 2020 who were able to release music in 2021. So we got some long awaited gestated yeah. projects from, you know, Billie Eilish and Adele and yada, yada, like the big yeah, a lot names. Of, well, my, my, I feel like my mic is loud. I feel like a lot of, um, uh, artists dropped like big records this year. Um, and I feel like the content of those records was, um, of higher quality than, you know, I at least maybe that's just how I felt. I felt like a lot of people released really great records, yeah, yep. as opposed to like you know, kinda. Yeah, because this is genuinely like a full like it was. A, it's been a full year, over a full year, but in the sense that uh, the COVID album, right? Like this is something we've talked about before, mm-hmm. where we talked about it with the Morning Jacket release. We talked about it with a couple of the, the other. Um, more recent albums we've covered on the show and uh, it feels to me like there was there was quite a few sort of COVID records that kind of ran a bit long and I wonder if that is you know I think that's all albums now yeah I think since the CD age died I think artists now the point is to put out 16 to 19 tracks on an album because like it's a thing now to be like well they you know drake had 17 of his song every track from his album was in the top 20 streaming today yeah. like just bullshit milestones that don't aren't going to mean anything yeah um especially hip-hop music i find there's a lot of hour plus long albums yeah see i felt like in the uh, age of people not being able to tour this year i feel like people really got back into like the album um again like vinyl sales doubled what they did in 2020 last year i think they more than doubled what we sold last year Mm -hmm. um just in vinyl records so like uh olivia rodrigo had a very popular vinyl record um this year and like you said like adele had a vinyl um display at every major box retailer this year and that did something on the mark of for, for like the manufacturing of vinyl records too right With yeah the, we were talking about that yeah it kind of like fucked up it did jam up the whole system but um i think in the uh lieu of no touring i feel like um it gave us um a lot of special and big releases also like uh, artists like taylor swift this year oh sure re-released uh her pretty much oh she's going through her entire catalog re-recording almost. yep yeah and those were some big releases that got to come out this year um yeah. So yeah, you wanna you guys wanna get into uh, what what our musical years were, what what it looked like for us? Yeah, we we, we want to do our uh, top five albums. Yeah, yeah, we'll just rifle through them real quick. Why, why do we uh, we can go one to five? You want your best one first? Yeah, because then you can talk a little bit more at the length. Here's a question I have for you guys: best best uh, worst to best, right? In that sense, your number one on your top five is that the same as your? Out like, do we have any crossovers in that sense for you guys? Where like, you go, oh well, the top, my top album here is what I would also deem like the winner album of the year. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't know what you're saying. Okay, well, we'll get to it. You You'll mean like I mean. in general? Oh, 
I, well, no, because my my winner for the year overall is, oh, is the same one as sure, my sure. number one. So yeah, from five so to one. sure. Let me. Uh, so we can talk about that because we're gonna talk about our five favorite albums each individually yeah. that came out this year. We're gonna talk about a couple of our favorite live albums that were released by people. Um, any favorite reissue, remaster, remix type of releases. Um, a favorite new discovery, new band, new artist that we like really got into this year, and then we'll have an overall. Uh, Loser of the year, musical I, I figure. Have, I, well, I I'm sure we may be on a loser of the year and a winner of the year. Yeah. So, and that's like as like we were talking about the state of music. I think like right. a figure, a a person who was important or like shot up or yeah or a steep decline and yes. fall from grace. Um, like Icarus. But yeah, so I I will not spoil. But um, my my winner does have one of my releases but i will reveal my winner at the end right on okay well jeffrey why don't you uh get us launched in man what are your five albums yeah um so my favorite my five favorite albums this year um if i can just find my list real quick my my favorite album this year because you know we've been listening to this stuff and pouring over it and really figuring out what we like most um my favorite album in 2021 is an album called Notes with Attachments, and it's by Pino Palladino and huh. Blake Mills. Okay, and it's like a instrumental jazz soul world music album. You shared that with me at one point. I did this yeah. year. Yeah, uh, I believe it's eight tracks, and Pino Palladino is a in demand session player who's played with everybody from D'Angelo to the Who to John Mayer, et cetera, et cetera to yeah. Nine Inch Nails, et cetera. He's the guy. Um, so he's a guy who's been around since like literally 1978 playing on session stuff. It's his first solo album. Um, he came up with most of the like genesis of these song ideas and fleshed them out with Blake Mills, who is a in-demand session guitar player, producer, arranger, et cetera, who has produced, um, he produced Sound and Color, the Alabama Shakes record. He's released some solo stuff before um he co-founded the band Dawes way back in the day so it's a lot of uh atmosphere and textures and they have Chris Dave on drums and percussion on a few songs and there's not really like drums drums on any track it's kind of like very sparse and just like kind of like shakers and you know like just per- more percussion oh yeah than drum kit. yeah like and and if you look up the credits like certain songs it'll say like chris dave brushes right so like all he played on that track was like brushes on a snare and then like <laughs> 10 cymbal hits throughout the song or something um there's a really great sax player who plays on i would say five or six of the eight songs sam gendel who is a sax player from the like modern jazz. Um, it's kind of like free jazz, very Coltrane, uh, Love Supreme style stuff, but it's very sweet and kind of reminds me of like Stan Getz. And he plays sax through uh, pedals, like harmonist pedals and pitch shift pedals. So when he's playing sax on these tracks, it sounds like a choir of sax. It sounds like a choir of woodwind instruments because it's like shifting things up, fifths and octaves and and thirteenths and stuff like that. So um, it sounds like there's flutes and clarinets and bass clarinets, all these things happening, but it's really just a saxophone getting like pitch shifted mm-hmm. through all these different pedals he plays through. Um, it's just a 
it's an album the more i listen to it the more i just like get immersed in it and it's very just um atmospheric and beautiful and earthy and it sounds like music that was made 600 years ago and yet 500 years in the future or you know like it's one of those kind of like timeless yeah it just puts you in the place um and just excellent musicianship understated pino paladino especially is like a bassist who can play anything and does when it needs it but he only plays what's needed ever so like the the stuff is so just full full body notes when it needs it short little things little splashes or whatever anyway that's my number one album because uh i just every time i listen to it i just fall more and more in love with it yeah uh, my number two we've talked about it a couple weeks ago so i'll keep it brief but my number two i thought it'd be my number one but i love the pinot one a little bit more um it's a silk sonic album because it's just old soul stuff made by guys today it's yep. like two badass singers with a great band and great um very like era specific sounds and sitar guitar and fucking like bells and you know like oh yeah little chimes and you know all the all the good stuff fuzz bass and blah 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 um my number three album is halsey's album called if i can't have love i want power which was an album that she made like a lot of people during the epidemic uh and she it's a lot of it's a lot if not every track is about um motherhood she was pregnant for the first time so she talks about the joys and love that comes from that experience and also the paranoia and the dread and the fear and the like the world is fucking climate change is happening and I'm bringing a child into the world whether it's been a pandemic and like yeah. I'm an emotional wreck and how am I going to handle motherhood and <laughs> blah blah um the album also uh is produced with like her dream partners which was nine inch nails did the tracks for everything yeah so she she wrote vocal stuff and worked with them on the music and then it's all nine inch nails back in music yeah and it's like it's not angry throbbing techno metal nine inch nails like it was 30 years ago but it's like my it's like how nine inch nails now is now where it's more uh like this beautiful type of like eeriness and stuff like that um, my number four album this year is the first of two albums that were released. I think they only released two this year by King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Uh, um, and it's the album. It's LW. So it's the second part of a two of a two part album. They released KG at the end of last year and LW at the beginning of this year. And it's uh, <laughs> it's a an album that uses a lot of microtonal tuned guitars and basses and keyboards. I love it. Uh, and their style, like Mike has said, it's like it's like a bunch of like Australian kids are playing music in like a, an Egyptian bazaar, yeah. <laughs> or like with opium smoke around yeah, them or right, something. Right. Um, so They're it's the just hired talent for the opium yeah, den. It's uh, I liked their other album they released this year, but that I come back to the microtonal, uh, like Middle Eastern flavors, yep. the Turkish, that, that kind of droney, and and it's instrument wise it's a lot of acoustic instruments still it's uh i love their electric electric metal stuff from uh in the past couple years but this is a lot of acoustic instruments a lot of like weird kind of like trumpet instruments that are used in that region of the world turkey and kind of albania and stuff i have not listened to this record would you describe it as freak folk um yeah sure 
because it is it's very world music folk music from that middle eastern yeah. or uh, you gy- know gypsy ish is i know sure. that's not really yeah. a uh, i don't know if we can say that word no, no gyp- out of respect yeah. respectfully we can yeah. yeah okay um so yeah it's it's it but that's what it sounds like yeah, it sounds like know. it sounds like music made by <laughs> people who are all a whole blend of different whatever and as far as I know, it's a it's a group of white dudes from Australia, and they just love making music that is reminds them of like ancient cultures and stuff like that. And uh, so that's my fourth favorite album. Check it out. It's it is an interesting listen, especially if you've never listened to microtonal music or world music because they play a lot of guitar lines. Like one guitarist plays the same exact melody that the vocalist is doing, but because the guitar has some slight tuning changes it's these like weird crunches on certain yeah. notes um but it's it's a very organic natural thing that like you hear in music from greece and albania and turkey and mm-hmm. all those places um and then my my fifth favorite album this year is a hip-hop pop album uh i believe the first full-length album by lil nas x montero uh, i just love this album because I thought it would fall off my list. It kind of started thinking maybe it'll be like my number three. And I listened to more and more and more. And I thought maybe it gets squeezed out, but really it has to make the top five because I think it's like 16 tracks. Like we, we talked about hip hop music are kind of long now, but like straight up like 12 or 13, at least of the songs are stay in your brain forever type of pop melodies, like earworms that are just, um, and the way he sings is, is you know it's kind of, it, you wouldn't say it's rapping it's pretty much all sung because it's all pitched and he has a nice like low voice so it's very uh like hypnotic and yeah he did that so he did the country song right yes yeah okay which is why i was Horses like in the yeah, that one, yeah right so you know he put out what could be deemed like a novelty single 2 3 years ago broke the rec it's the longest number one song of all time it was it was number one for four and a half straight months Jesus. which is crazy think about it. um and then he put out like an ep after that and it was it was more missed than hit because every song was like two minutes long and they were kind of just like blip bloops and they were fine but mm-hmm. whatever but this is very fleshed out it's uh and it's cool to see an artist who mainstream acceptance by be- and being very outspoken very gay very himself very like you know like if lil richard and prince and all those people were rolled into one and able to be like i'm doing lap dances on guys on snl type of performers like um so i think it's awesome it's it's catchy as shit man i don't i don't really dissect the lyrics and stuff i know it's a lot of personal stuff and a lot of like life journey and and you get that immediately but it's the music man it's just like it just sticks in your head. It's catchier yeah. than any pop thing I listened to this entire year. Earworm. Yeah. Earworm. So that's my top five. Right, right on. on. Jeffrey. Luca? 2021. Walk us through your top five for 2021. All right. We know what number one is. Yeah, we know what number one do is. Do we? Yeah. I do. Yeah, what do I you think, think I my do. number one is? Snail Mail, Valentine. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah there it is. Um, so, yeah, that was released uh, November 5th. Um, a record I was actually not excited about uh because i really liked the debut record um and i was like oh where's sophomore slump yeah i was like is it gonna go sophomore slump or are we gonna (laughs) like keep it up um 
And I feel like she knocked it out of the park. I feel like um, the songs on there were uh, a real step up from uh, the first record. Um, I'm actually w- like even hoping like on the if the next record there's no guitar, I would be just as delighted because um, I think she's super talented. I'd like the pop direction, um, the orchestration on the last track. Um, and again, like the lyrics of just the the ultimate. I don't think anybody released a sadder breakup record this year. It's so sad. Um, so get your tissues out because it's it's a it's one where you're gonna cry if uh, you you know it's it's a crying record. I think it's a real good breakup record. Yeah, but it's not a crying record that like they're not slow depressing songs. No, no, it's no. just topic. You know, it's yeah, it's that. I'm, you know, that heartbroken more than sad. Yeah, sad. heartbroken, yeah, yeah. and that's what I like about it. And that's what, like, yeah, you express that greatly. It's, it's not just all slow, sad songs. Like, mm-hmm. there's one or two slow, sad songs, but there, the, um, the sadness is varied in so many ways. Um, it's danceable, and I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Of, uh, yeah, of the breakup record done in like a dance. So that's pretty great. Um, yeah, Snail Mail Valentine was released November 5th. That was my number one. My number two um, was Parquet Court's Sympathy for Life. Um, mm. I loved this record so much um, because their earlier records where I had like, purchased them like kind of blindly um, like probably five years ago, like the mid, you know, 2015, 2013. Um, and they were a lot more kind of like animalistic-y rock and roll, garage rock. And um, this record where it came out, um, I decided to kind of dip my toe back in and see what they were up to. And this record was like danceable and super New York-y and like just really um, – and the lyrics um, really fit with how I felt about like um, COVID and like getting back into the swing of life and meeting people again. And um, it really like – encapsulated how i felt about like you know all that stuff that had went on with like you know the riots and george floyd and black lives matter and there was a lot of like um things that were said in this record that like weren't really direct but it definitely had the feeling of lockdown and coming back out into life and feeling human again um and so for that reason that was uh my number two and that was released october 22nd i also realized that a lot of mine were you're a fall guy i'm a fall (laughs) release guy um (laughs) So I had Silk Sonic at number three, but for Jeff already talked about that, and we already talked about this record at length. So I'm gonna try to just go with more records here. So that is my number three, but for number three here, we're gonna go Dinosaur Junior's uh, "Sweep It Into Space." That was released in spring, uh, in April. Uh, so at the end of April, they came out with a record, um, and it was uh, produced by Kurt Vile, um, another like indie. It's, guy and i think it was really good for dinosaur jr because they released um this record and it's very much more poppy and um had great choruses um and like surprisingly you're like well what can dinosaur jr offer after they've been around since like 1989 but um this comeback record for them it's like deep into their um 2000z comeback and it's better than ever, I think, and I've listened to all those records. This record was surprisingly great, and the best song on it was um, from the bass player Lou Barlow, um, Back to the Garden. It's it's such a great song. Check it out. Um, they still have a lot to offer in this day and age. Um, so we're going to go to number four, which would be Ty Siegel's Harmonizer. That was released August 3rd. 
um, surprise release from Ty Siegel. It was dropped on streaming. Um, album came out physically in October. Um, this record saw Ty Siegel. Um, he kind of was, I think he kind of did everything he could with the guitar. Um, he kind of released his Guitar God records. Um, then he went and did the No Guitar record, uh, which was uh, Taste. And then this record being um, Harmonizer is more um, synthesizer, um, weird, gooey, liquid, um, electronic-y sounds. Mm. Um, very out there. Very much Ty Siegel. Um, I love this record. It was pretty short at a half hour, and I think it was like a perfect length perfect experimentation into the um the more electronic uh guitar based sound that he has and um i really enjoy the uh how would i put this british oh yeah like the britishy inflection that he sings this whole record in um which other reviewers have pointed out and since then it's been like my favorite thing about him is that how he sings so britishly and he's very much californian so <laughs> One of my favorite things. And uh, the last record I'm going to put on here, which I had in case somebody doubled mine, was uh, Zarface's Super What. Um, that was a split with MF Doom that came out um, May 7th of this year. And I loved this record. Um, it was a great hip-hop record. Super fun. Comic book references up the butthole. Uh, that's all it is is comic <laughs> book references. Up the butthole. Yep, there you go. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, this record was just super, super fun. The beats were great. Um, I loved, um, MF Doom on there here. Um, the rhyming is so out there and weird. And the subject matter was, um, one that was like more of a positive, um, you know, fun. It's just, this release was fun. It was not serious at all. So, um, I think that is what made it so great. So check out Zarface Super What. In general, how do you feel since, since that was your your last one you pointed out. How do you feel about posthumous releases in general? Oh, man. Because um, he died last October, I believe. Yeah. Like 2020 this, October. This one was like a project he was actively working on in his life. Okay. With like, um, with Zarface, that group. Yeah. So this is, and they had worked together together before hmm. and done another record. Um, So this one I feel like was fine. It didn't, um, like good caretakers of his material. Yeah, I respected the sure. artists that did it because, like, I mean, they're all like Zarface is made up of like, um, you know, already known rap yeah. rappers. Um, so that's how I f I felt like it was was didn't rub me the wrong way mm -hmm. at all. But um, like the Prince Estate, like coming out with like just that piano one, like it's okay. Yeah. Like stuff like that is okay ish. That's <clears throat> where it's starting to get weird gray lines with me. Yeah. But um, like the Michael Jackson pro uh. How do you say that word? Posthumous. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Does not roll off my tongue well. Like the Michael Jackson one that came out after he died mm. that Christmas. Horrible, terrible. Right. I don't think it has any artistic validity to what he was doing. Like that, yeah. like that kind of stuff doesn't do it for me. But, but yeah, even if it's like genuine that, is you. I feel like you can see if it's genuine or if, if it's a money grab. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of that stuff is money grabbish type shit. Yeah. But some of it is genuinely like the estate right. just has these songs. They want to release it, just um, make it available to the fans. But like if you look at a Hendrix, where how many yeah, they get how bad. many how many versions of Voodoo Child no, do we know. need? You know what I mean? Like it's like but, um, so I think it's I think it could be both the lot like the Mac Miller one that um came out right. yeah faces. John Bryan and yeah I yeah. loved that record that record was really yeah. good it was well done um it didn't sound tasteless to me it sounded tasteful 
Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, or like the uh, Tribe Called Quest one, where Fife died maybe like three months before it came out or right. something. Right, I loved that one too because yeah. it was his friends paying, mm-hmm. doing like the thing, like pay. Yeah. you know what I mean? Like finishing it off, and they're not like yeah. doing it still. There's not like... Yeah, you the know. Prince stuff, because I know I'm a big Prince guy, so his stuff is, despite what people may think about what it's released, as far as I know, his stuff is like he had a plan. So it's not actually like money grab stuff, but like, because he owned all of his own masters, but he had this yeah. like contingency plan of like, if something happens to me, put out this and then put out this, and because he has like vaults of tapes and, uh, but still, the piano you never one know, was done because he's not here to oversee it. So you right, never know. The, the piano one was more okay with me because it was yeah. unfiltered. This right. last one that came out this year, I believe, was um the um was the more of like the finished album kind of thing and it was tweaked a little bit and yeah. if it was I'd rather just have it raw if it was unfinished give it to me yeah. unfinished that's yeah. more you know what I mean but that's just me and then yeah. if you were working with a producer and you know what I mean there was a big posthumous the... one put out this year that was huge um Juice World who died like almost 3 years ago I would think hmm. and they put out one and it was like number one album and all this stuff and but that's one where it's like this cult figure who would die when he was 21. And uh, it, yeah. it makes me just kind of like, uh, I don't know if it's, uh, yeah. it's it just gets <laughs> getting the weeds there. Yeah. Cause you don't, I don't know, man, if I, if I died, I don't think I'd want anything released. Yeah. Honestly. Well, because I feel if like if I wanted it's to one have released things. it, I would have released it. Exactly. You know, like, I don't know. That'd be oh, the, exactly. the Prince Unless album. there are explicit directions the yeah. prince album was welcome to america that was the one that got released. oh right yeah, right yeah. yeah that was the one i was like yeah was that an album i, I that, that was a, to the that was a full album that sure. was released that they said was like but the produce that they also the producer on that was like well i produced these tracks with prince and we like five years they, ago they, or whatever, yeah, yeah and then they finished it all yeah. it's whatever but yeah it's an interesting uh yeah it's interesting so uh yeah but that was uh that was yeah me, good you know, choices good wide choices, variety man. yeah uh, Parquet Courts, you said that was your uh, number two? Yeah. They're I, another band. I, I, I loved that record. That record was really good. I haven't listened to it them was in really a couple good. years. I listened to it this morning. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. I'll have really to listen good. to it. What are your five, Mike? All right. Well, number one, I have some overlap with you fellas. I like overlap. But overlap is nice, right? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, my number one's it's got, it's, I mean, it's Silk Sonic. It's yeah. just uh, that, that record to me... Um feels very much sort of like you know they're kind of um i guess you could say like the ambassadors mm. of this sort of musical swing to you know to go back a little bit further right i mean we've talked about it before it's like it's you know things are things are kind of i mean everything is sort of relevant but it every things are leaning more i guess maybe towards like 80s sorts of uh tips rather than 70s sorts of tips so the fact that they kind of go back to even the seventies, but not not like hippie seventies, you know, like this glamorous sort of yeah. gold clad kind of classy mink coats, yeah, right, right, you know, like and gold it's, rims on a Cadillac, yeah, yeah, you know, and like an old Deville, you know, like the huge, the huge cars and super, stuff. So it's super fly Dolomite, just, yeah, yeah, right, Elton John exactly. glasses, yeah, that's what I'm saying, man, and I and I love it, I love it, and um. Yeah. It's just to me, it's yeah, it's just such an effective record and just so well done and like everybody mm-hmm. involved is great. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's my number one. Sure. We've talked about it at length, so you yeah. know, I don't get have that to like get too, in the biscuit. too far into do, it. Do, do. Um, 
my number two pick is going to be something that like you guys obviously like haven't listened to, but I've cited several times, like kind of peppered in throughout the year, and that's it's uh, the a live recording at Capitania Village, uh, Nikos and Adonis Xiluris. They're the grandchildren of mm-hmm. San Andonis and like the great nephews of Nikos Xiluris. Um, I just love this record so much, even from just like a listener standpoint. Because, you know, what you saw a lot with music, and this is a genre of music that I've been listening to my entire life. So I, I it's it's sort of like blues in the similarity, in a similar way, rather, because like, you know, you have like the old, old recordings, you know, like the dusty old recordings of like. You the, said that and I was like, and my brain just went, yeah, it makes you sad when you listen. To it. Yeah, <laughs> it was, no, it, it does. Was, it was just like. a. Well, no, it does make me sad when I listen to it, though, because it makes me think of like my grandfather and the yeah, village no. and like all that stuff. It has this old, old world country kind of kind of vibe but what ended up happening was was like in the the 80s the 90s and the 2000s you know the like naturally like everything else music evolves and Cretan music is not immune to that sort of thing and you saw a lot of these bands kind of coming in with sort of like really super produced albums and like soaking reverbs and some like and it was too clean it wasn't like I don't know it wasn't gritty enough and then it was like full bands and like Mm. drums and guitar and bass and full bands accompanying the music the reason why I like this album specifically so much is because it is back to the basics. It's back to the roots. You have a lira, which is the bowed string instrument, very much like a violin, it's all, though it's played on top of your lap. And you have laut or lute, the Cretan lute. And they kind of went back to basics, man. And it's it's not really this like hyper produced any you know like thing. It's the the music does the talking, and even the song selections and stuff like that. Like it's very, it's very very pure. And it's modern Cretan young musicians paying homage to like the the old old heads versus the. He said these are the know, grandchildren. The grandchildren, of a dude. Yeah, Psaradonis, right? So sure. you have like the Xiluris family. There's three brothers. There's Nikos, Nick, Adonis, Adonis, and um, like big fat Greek wedding, right? And yeah, Yanis, yeah. <laughs> The way you can tell them that it's like Pisaro Nico, Pisaro Yori, it's like a it's like a surname before the right. before the name that means like Yanni with the gray hair. It's a whole thing. So <laughs> it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. My culture is a whole thing. <laughs> it's a whole thing. So basically what you're telling me it's the Shankar family, but Greek. Basically, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could say that. You could you could draw that comparison for sure. So um so you know, there's that lin- there's that lineage, there's that history, there's yeah. the it's a musical family, there's that you know all that stuff, and it all kind of like aligns in this one album that was recorded that was cut live too, which is great too. So it's not oh, like cool. it's not like a produced mm-hmm. studio album in the conventional sense. It's just like they did it live. And <laughs> we're, fuck it, we'll do it live. They did it, you they all did know it why we're laughing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> fuck uh, it. They did it live. And anyway, that's my number two. Cool. And also on my Spotify streaming list, they 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 were pretty much the whole thing. Um, I'm gonna go then into uh, actually. I'm gonna for my number three. I'm gonna go with Luke and with the Ty Siegel record. I think that's awesome. Mm. Ty Siegel's a hard one to keep up with sometimes because he puts out so many fucking records and albums all the time. It's slowed up, guys. Get, it's it has slowed, slowed up. up. It has slowed up. My mm. wife also is a huge Ty Siegel fan. And uh, 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 what the heck was it? What was the what was the other record that we have? Um, Manipulator. Manipulator. Thank you. Which is a fantastic album as well. I suggest you listen to it. And then his side project, Fuzz, is also like a cool thing that happened a couple years back. Um, but yeah, I agree with Luke with Harmonizer, where when we put it on, um, 
it's like yeah it's it's it kind of takes you back because you're like oh what's this like it's it's like there's digital things happening and you're like oh wait a minute you know and mm. and when it comes to my Thai Siegel taste you know I hang out in like the manipulator area and then I also am like a big fuzz guy so like going from that sort of like almost power trio ish super fuzzed out vibe to this more like electric electronic leaning mm. sort of vibe. It was nice. I enjoyed it. I really liked it. It kind of threw me for a loop initially, but I was like, oh, this is cool. I dig this. I liked it quite a bit. There's like this like slow, ominous sort of like, <laughs> like a, quality it, to it, you know? And there's a lot of like oscillating. Like if you listen yeah. to it in headphones, it's like a lot of oscillating shit like going and sure. crackling in yeah. your ear. A yeah. great headphone record too. Yeah, I didn't do it with headphones. We just I would uh, the, the highly system, recommend but... listening to it with headphones. There's a lot of panning love, like sure. oscillating like drones and stuff. Cool. Yeah. Uh, my number four, we've talked about. We talked about it before. Uh, I feel like uh, initially, maybe it seemed like it wasn't something that I like. We really held in high favor, at least me and Luke. But I wanted to put it on my list because I do really like this record. Like going back after we talked about it, double album, it, double album, maybe Mastodon, um, yep. Hushed and Grim. Like just going back to it, I'm like, yeah, man, it's fucking Mastodon. They're just a like, nasty band, man. Mastodon. They're just such like, a. I just, I love them, and yeah. okay, sure. Maybe there's moments in this record where you're like at the 38-minute mark thinking that you have just... At the 38-minute mark of the second side. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and okay, yeah, all of that stuff. But you know what? It's I... not trying to not be that, and that's the thing. Sure. is like Mastodon right. does what Mastodon fucking does, and they've always stayed true to what they want to do, and I feel like this record is no exception to that, and yeah. that's why I like I love them. They never really did the the sort of metal sellout thing and they're playing with bands on bill like on bills with bands that sold out that didn't have to sell out but good music is good music at the end of the day and mastodon writes good fucking music so mastodon is three vocalists pick. yeah naughty just, riffs just, yeah, and man. explorations yeah and acoustic guitars come in and then guitar solos and yeah um and my my fifth pick, just because I gotta give my man some flowers. Is that what the kids are saying? Um, <laughs> give, give, give him some, give him his flowers. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna give some love to John Mayer. Sob Rock. It was kind of, a, oh nice. It was kind of a dud. But you know what, man? It's I don't, really, I don't it's really care. There, yeah. it's like, who gives a, like who gives it? <laughs> I, like I enjoy it. It's yeah. like a movie. It's like an accidental comedy. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. Where you're like just it. kind of like it's bad, but some, some, somehow in a weird way, I like it. It's like how a pug yeah. is cute. You know, it's I th- so sinfully ugly that you're like, oh, it's kind of yeah. cute. Like that's this record for me. And I think it's 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 like ten or eleven songs, and the duds I think are duds. There's like two duds, but there's Music like fail. but there's five of the ten or eleven that are really good songs. Yeah, man. And then the other ones, they're fine. And it's just John Mayer doing what John yeah. Mayer does. And I love the packaging of the record. Right. I love like the, the Caldor style sticker yeah. and the fucking like all that stuff. Like the music videos, man. Yeah, the music videos are <laughs> music absurd videos are and so... stupid, and like and all that. And he's wearing like the double breasted suit jacket yeah. thing, and like yeah. he looks like like Journeyman Clapton, and like, it's so... like Clapton meets Steve Winwood meets <laughs> Don meets you Don Henley. Journeyman, my father's what eyes. Is that what that oh was? wait, am I saying? No, that was it. That was, yeah, that was album, it, right? Yeah. Or Forever Man? That's oh my god, Je- Forever Man. Jeans with man. a double-breasted suit, sport coat. Yeah, like a tight beard. My father's eyes. Yeah, he has like the architect haircut. That's not that. That's <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, that's clapped in that mayor. But yeah, I mean, but yeah, you know, man, just keep giving some, giving mayor some love. You know, 
Well, someone's got it. What was it? <laughs> shot in the Dark. Is that the one that has the really funny music video that's like shot like every 1987 music video? Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. He gets in like an old 911 Porsche or some yeah. shit like that, right? And he's and like, like d- he's dancing deck. in front of like a stained glass window and stuff. It's just so funny. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I like, but even I like, like New that Light, record. you know, New Light was funny. That was like a weird yeah. sort of single that he's kind of released in the meet, you know. I think the, stuff and like, yeah, yeah, the, the ones funny, on the album man. that were released as singles in the past two years are, yeah. the I think, the best songs on the album. Um, yeah, New Light, what are the other ones that were? Yeah, I like uh, that. I like that album. I haven't listened to it in, since the summer, but yeah, I like John Mayer, and I like John Mayer when he is going for something. Yeah, yeah. You know, like when he's just kind of like, playing around it's like who cares but it had a very cohesive vision and yeah and it's just it yeah. is that is that yeah. funny on purpose type of thing yeah <laughs> yeah it's the, the, the nice price the sticker the like best. it's just that's what i mean that like can i see the song titles yeah i think the whole uh the album as a whole when you include stuff like that like the album art and like the whole vibe of it and yeah. the sort of the the kind of hype that he hyped up around the record that it just makes it that much better you yeah know? Last and Train it is home new light yeah Wild Blue, Shot in the Dark, I guess I just feel like, Carry Me Away. I guess I just feel like... You know, like, so, yeah, so half the album are songs that yeah. I really, really like. Yeah, and they're good, and but they're just, they're, it's funny because you see John Mayer's career, and it really is, like, what it, like, kind of the stereotype of, like, uh, I was the hot young guitar player, and yeah. now I'm, like... Can, you know, I think he's in his forties, right? Yeah, yeah, he's in his forties, and like, where do you go from yeah. there? How do you? What do you do? Yeah. Lines have been crossed for me. Lines have been crossed. <laughs> what? What lines? Lines have been crossed. Uh, I think artistic we, taste lines. Yes, yes. I think we all know that why you know love me no more is not an acceptable lyric from anybody, especially somebody. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's the dud asked, of the record. That's the dud. But dud. it's such a steaming pile of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I think it's like... Two-word review, shit, shit sandwich. sandwich. It's like a comedy song, though, almost. But, yeah. But nobody but asked I mean. for it. It's like, it's just tongue-in-cheek. It. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. if you don't if you don't take it seriously... Yeah. But and you, you, you need to take you it... you know he's in on the joke, though. I don't yeah. know. Monty Python's in on the joke. I don't know if John Mayer's fully <laughs> in on his own joke yet. I don't oh, know. I think, I think he is. I'm just... I, I sip a little haterade. I sip a little haterade. Yeah. That's, that's that's all for me. But I just wanted to give their, give him his... Like I said, oh, give him his flowers. Yeah. Listen. He deserves them. Listen. His, his, his uh, uh, plastic new, flowers. A single plastic rose in his mouth. <laughs> Listen, I'm only so crossed because I do think like New Light is a fantastic song yeah. and a yeah. f- great single. And yeah. I just... You know. That's why I'm... Yeah. Well, I think that's I, the problem is that's that the why single is so good... Mm. That some of the other songs just kind of are like, yeah. but how, but you made new light. Well, so, why'd you make that? You made new light. But yeah. live, it is what it is. Live releases for the year. What did yeah? What did you guys have? Um, I was excited to hear. Sure, I have a couple that I enjoyed a lot. Uh, Long awaited Steely Dan live albums released this year. Ooh. Two of them. Thought thought that was going to get brought up here. Um, Were they damn. good? Did you like them? I did like them. I liked one more than the other. Uh, the one I liked more was the Nightfly Live, and it was credited to Donald Fagan as a solo artist, even though it, it's the same band as the Steely Dan touring band right now. Um, but what that was was the Nightfly album, which I think is nine songs. It might be eight songs, but I think it's nine songs. And it's from different uh, dates that they did in the Northeast over... I think they did the dates in 2019, actually, before the pandemic. 
but um, it's sequenced in order, the same order as the Nightfly original, his first solo album. So it plays just like a 40-year-later update live version of that album. Uh, and I love the, the music of that first Donald Fagan solo album. This band is nasty, uh, especially the drummer. The, the live Steely Dan and Donald Fagan drummer is Keith Carlock, who is just like an absolute monster of playing every style of like R&B, groove, rock type of stuff. So he handles all the material very well. Um, so I love that album. Uh, they did the credited to Steely Dan Northeast Corridor live album, came out within the, you know, I think two weeks before the Nightfly one. And same same band, uh, interesting album because that was ones where they were taking different songs from different dates that they toured in the Northeast, I, again, I think in 2019. And it's like a couple deep cuts, but uh, more of the hits, you know, like how you'd want, like, you know, Kid Charlemagne and stuff like that. Reeling in the years. Reeling in the years. And, uh, but there's some interesting arrangements on a few of the songs. They do like some extended intros or outros and little different like horn arrangements and little different things. And uh, I thought it was cool. And um, the band is just kick ass. It's just like they have a guy who's been playing with them for 25 years, John Harrington, as one of the lead guitarists. They have another guy, uh, Connor Kennedy, who's a young dude who's like 24. Yeah. Um, playing with them and yeah just great and then the uh, the last live album i really really enjoyed um cory wong who's a rhythm a funk rhythm guitar player band leader arranger etc cetera, etc cetera, has a band he puts out like four releases a year but they did uh, a paisley park session live which is uh prince's compound in minneapolis and cory wong is from minneapolis minneapolis and he's a big prince disciple and um so it's a band that like consists of a cu- of the bassist I know for sure play was Prince's bassist in the '90s, and it's just uh, they're doing Corey Wong songs with arrangements for like I think it's a five piece horn section, drums, bass, keyboard, percussion, Corey Wong on guitar, and uh, yeah, it's great. So it's like live in the studio type of live album, right. but it's. You can tell it's yeah, it's the it's the yeah. tw- it's the twenty 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 one live record. Yeah, and it's a band that I believe all the players in that band he has been playing with for the last like year and a half, if not two or three years. So it's like a extremely tight, tight band. band, like the funkiest stuff. If you like instrumental, if you just want to listen to like funky, like gets you moving, it's all instrumental. There's no vocals on the whole thing. It's it's uh it's amazing. It's so melodic. It's so so catchy and it's like you don't need vocals when everything every piece of the machine and the clockwork all just works together right yeah. um can we take a little break here to uh insert sure. ads yeah we also, take a quick sure. break and we'll come back okay we'll come back with more live albums and we'll more right back. more things have you ever felt emotions then do we have the podcast for you Feel Feelings is a weekly podcast where comedians Danny Getz and George Bruderman sit down with some of the funniest, emotionally distraught people, i.e. comedians, they know, and talk feelings. Every Friday, hear very funny people reminisce on Ren and Stimpy, worry about the Wizard of Oz, and emote over their emo phase. 
check out Feel Feelings with Danny and George, a show about feelings and the things that make you feel them. Go for it. Wow. Welcome back to this music podcast, Get in the Garage. Get in the Garage. We're here with Michael. Hello. Jeff May. And I'm Luke. And uh, we're talking about our favorite live releases that got released in 2021. Um, I... Love, uh, just like Jeff is a big fan of King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, I am mm. a OCs fan oh, nice. um, for the prolific psych rockers. So I uh, will shout out a Record Store Day release that got released earlier this year. Um, and it was uh, the OCs live at the chapel, 10 to 19. Um, this is the like proggy incarnation of this band. Um, this live record is a three-sided record. Um I love this because it has um, a horn on one of the songs. It has a horn section. Um, They bring out some songs that aren't normally done in the OC sets. And um, I just really, really, really like this release because I think it was recorded exceptionally well, like really, really well. Um, If you're looking for like an entry point, like I think at this point, the OC's uh, live records are probably the way to go. Um, And I thought this one was just one of the way like it was just really really great sounding uh you could tell there was no overdub so it was just whatever you got was what you got um there's great jamming great guitar um it's two drums right two yeah two drummers uh playing simultaneously um, are they always a single guitar they always never have sing- a second, second never guitars. have a second guitar sure. uh john dwyer or yeah. is the always um the only guitar player he plays some synth they have a keyboard player right. um of course the two drummers and the bass player so mm-hmm. um yeah uh and the uh track with the um the horns on it was just fire because they're, they're playing all the psych rock with like a driving horn line going through it so this was a single show from yeah. one date yeah, yeah uh it's uh 10 to, to uh 2019 so mm-hmm. it was released a, a bit before but um it yeah. just got released this year mm-hmm. um and i love that i also would highly recommend um i said on the show before but uh OC's live at Red Rocks um, on YouTube. Full concert was up there, released by the band. So check that out. Um, my other one I'm going to shout out was one I just purchased the other day. Um, was a f- uh, was by the band Fuzz, Ty Siegel's um, stonery Black Sabbath um, heavy metal output. Um, so that's a three piece with Ty Siegel on drums um, and. All the members do some singing. You have Charles Moonheart and let me see who the other member is. Fuzz Band. But um, this group released an album. Um, they're called like Levitation Sessions. And like um, the Paisley Park um, thing you were talking about, this is a thing where you go in, they play a set live, and they don't really edit it. And um, it gets released, and you kind of get what it was. Um, this was accompanied with a live stream. Uh, the other member of Fuzz is uh, Chad Ubafridge. Ubafridge? O-B-O-V-I-C-H. However you pronounce that. He's the uh, guitar player. I think Moonheart plays bass. Damn you. But, um... Yeah, I really uh, dug. Um, I just wanted to highlight the uh, fuzz levitation session um, as being one that I really liked and enjoyed. But um, the OCs uh, have done one that was released this year as well. Um, and there's been other bands that have gone in and done levitation sessions that uh, have been fun. So uh, I think that's been a really cool thing. And um, 
they've released all of them on vinyl, so check it out. Uh, I really like that whole uh, whole enterprise. Yeah. Uh, this year was a good year for released jazz, live jazz mm. records. Um, one of them being Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers first in flight. Uh, first flight to Tokyo, it was like a lost, quote-unquote, lost recording uh, from their 1961 arrival, uh, the first tour they ever did of Tokyo. Um, and it's what you would expect it to be. You got Lee Morgan, you have Wayne Shorter, Art Blakey, obviously, you know, and it's just, um, it's so well done. It's um, just phenomenal playing in a live setting, man. It's just, it's it's incredible. Um, and the second one is... <laughs> uh, same thing, like an unreleased recording from October of 1965. It's John Coltrane doing uh, a Love Supreme live. Um, and it's, you know, it's John Coltrane in 1965. So it's just... Soprano sax. And just white, searing, hot noise at times. And just <laughs> chaos and just kind of like hyper. <laughs> just explorat- explorative is not even, doesn't even touch it. Like it's just you know it's it was an intense listen. It was, you know, and I love John Coltrane, but sometimes he can challenge the palate, <laughs> and it, challenge was my palate listening to this uh, this live cut because it's it is it's um, it, it's a tough one. It's not this is not be, this is not jazz for beginners. You know what I'm saying? This is just like it's not Kenny G. You know if you yeah no far from Kenny G. Um, but you know, a love supreme is one of my favorite Coltrane records as it is because I think it's kind of like his most sort of like open like um, proclamation of sort of faith, if you want. I guess if you want to put it that way, um, and that's why I got really really excited to see that it was you know released. Um, but like I said, not for the faint, not for the faint of heart because it's it's fucking intense. Um, and then just one more quick shout out for a live record, uh, Tedeschi Trucks Band. Um, cool. had, uh, did a Layla Revisited record with Trey Anastasio from oh, Fish. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> You're speaking my language. And, it, dude, it, done, it is done so well, though, and yeah. so tastefully. It's not mm. like I didn't really – okay, There's yes, there's jamming. But I feel like Derek Trucks is – the way that Derek Trucks jams is he, he kind of pulled Trey Anastasio into his arena True. versus – Doing Trey Anastasio versions of what sounds like Are Eric Clapton and Allman Brothers. Trey Anastasio didn't pull him into the tank. Sometimes you gotta let the nitrous balloon soar up to the heavens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Sometimes you gotta go come back down to earth. You know, write songs written about <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> written, that, written by heroin instead of yeah, nitrous. Yeah. That band is very tasteful. Tedeschi Trucks. Yeah, so right. Right. I'm like you said. I'm sure pulling them in, pulling. Trey Anastasio into that, yeah, more grounded. And- yeah, and it and it and it came together a lot better. I didn't realize up front <laughs> that Trey Anastasio was featured on it because I don't know if maybe on Spotify, maybe it's, I it might list him as being in the songs on, e- on each track right. versus it being Tedeschi Trucks yeah. Band with Trey Anastasio because I think I'm pretty sure he plays on every single track, <laughs> but I mean. Every, everything was really good, man. Bell bottom blues, That's bumps, cool. like you know, there's just there was a lot of there was a lot of good stuff and like I said, it was it was all done very very, very tastefully and it didn't uh it I didn't, didn't know of away. that. It did it, it didn't really get away from them that much. Yeah. You know? So um, I'll have to check that out. Yeah. So yeah, a couple another couple uh, live live records. Um there was also quite a few good reissue remaster um albums. 
I'm not going to yeah. talk them at length, but because I've already have. But the Beatles and uh, George Harrison's reissues were the ones I listened to a ton this year. Yeah, those were first and on my list. We too. talked them to death. I feel in the other episodes yeah. at least. But the fiftieth yeah. anniversary, all those oh. fifty-one years, the super deluxe, whatever yes. reissue of All Things Must Pass. I that's. One that I enjoyed, you know, peeling back some of the sonic layers of things and exposing yeah. things a little bit differently, you know, all 50 demos and different versions of things and all that. Um, another one that I listened to, um, one of my favorite bands, Radiohead, put out a uh, Kid A amnesiac, like kind of a 20-year re- uh, anniversary of those two, released in 2000 and 2001, called Kid A amnesia and uh it it is just the kid a and then amnesiac back to back and then a whole album's worth of uh cut tracks and demos and stuff like that yeah and those are you know as far as like a two for a twofer released by that band that's like a great music music that's thematically similar because amnesiac was kind of like extra songs from the kid a sessions as it was so it's three full discs if discs don't exist anymore, but yeah. you know, like three albums worth of stuff. And yeah, uh, yeah, I like that. Uh, I also had the Beach Boys uh, "Feel Flows" box set on there. Yeah, that they released yeah. this year. That was um, Surf's Up album and um, the other album. Oh my god, it's called Sunflower. Thank you. Yeah. That was, and uh, that was pretty cool. Highlighted the um, Brian Wilson lists period of you know the uh, early seventies, and I yeah. I enjoyed that as well. So. Yeah. Um, another one that I found because <laughs> you know they got to weasel their way into some sort of list somehow. Metallica released. Uh, the, oh sure, the Blacken, cool, and that was really cool. I'll tell you why that was really cool because on that record, it's the it's the remaster of the Black album. But it also includes, so this is sort of a hybrid between reissue and live. Sure. It also includes the complete live performance in 1991. I think it was like at that Mo- the Moscow uh, mm-hmm. open air field concert that like famously was uh, filmed in black and white. And uh, Pantera Domination, if you ever watched the live mm-hmm. cut of that song, that was filmed at that same concert. And it's just, dude, it is just a sea of people. It's incredible. But it's pretty cool because he, you know, they launch into Sad But True, but right before they do it, he's like, this is a new song. Yeah. You know, and then they play Sad But True. So you can see, like, this is this is really, like, right, right on the cusp of when Metallica became, like, the household name heavy metal band, you know? Yeah. So it's a really interesting, you know, sort of view. And the, and they play they play so well live yeah. on that on that, uh, on that that album. Uh, I love that. One because they did all the crazy covers on it. All the artists got to, um, they got like a yeah, bunch of artists right. to do, yeah, like uh, um, uh, Metallica covers. They got like Miley Cyrus and Weezer and a bunch of people you would ne- like never wait. Think. Weezer did a cover of a song, yes, you wouldn't, no way. Ah, get no out of here, hold bro. on, let get me find it. Here. They are a cover band now, yeah, Weezer. they are. Fuck Weezer are a cover band, <laughs> but um, I just liked it, man. I, I, liked, I thought it was really and it, cool, and it is like five usually like five different versions of each track because yeah. i saw it was like 55 songs that's longer, so i yeah. thought it was cool because they yeah. let everybody have a piece of metallica yeah. and really like mm-hmm. um it would it was not pretentious and it, it gave metallica like that was yeah. kind of gave me respect for them a lot like, yeah a lot and it's a, I mean, a project like that like realistically man the track listing i don't know is, is it listed at the bottom yeah 
It's 193 songs, 15 hours and 38 oh, minutes. There's several live stuff. Because that's, al- that's live their concerts. album, that's their live stuff, and then all of the yeah. tribute songs, covers. Yeah, and yeah. they all, and yeah, a bunch of live stuff, yeah. like from several different places, and then like mm. demos, and like I think there's like some in-room recordings, <laughs> different takes, radio edits, pre-production rehearsal sessions. I mean, it's got fucking everything. It's pretty crazy. So mm. it's a... You know, obviously, I didn't devote an entire fifteen hours worth of listening to it, but you know, I you went in, through you some of it. it. <laughs> and um, then, uh, can I just do one um, more real yeah, quick absolutely. before I pass the baton? Uh, Kiss, <laughs> Kiss released uh, uh, Detroit Rock City remaster, oh. which also has a you bunch mean, of like added, added stuff. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Jesus, <laughs> I knew Christ. what you meant. I knew yeah. what you meant. Sorry, Destroyer remaster. My bad. Um, and uh, that one's funny too because um, they have just kind of the uh, just the sound effects tracks that are like twenty five seconds long of just like all the sound effects that they included, like the car door opening and closing and starting, and that's cool, skidding off and crashing and like all that stuff. So um, it's 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 a pretty funny thing to listen to. But that's just that's that's my afterthought. Oh no, I like that. That's funny. <laughs> you got to lose your mind for Detroit, baby. Um, yeah, Get up. Cool. So we have a let's lead with negative, finish with positive. So who, right? That's our category. Yeah. We have a, who would you say is our 2021 musical loser of the year? The get in the garage. I, I mean, I got one. I, I just think sure, about this because, like, I didn't want it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, the jam band is over. We're done with it after quarantine. I feel like the Grateful Dead jam band style. We're done. We're done. You, so we're that's done. been the musical Jam loser bands. of the year. I feel like we. Yeah. I feel like everybody got infected in it in the, from 2010 <laughs> to. I feel like it came back. Oh, you're as, picking a whole genre yeah. as your musical yeah, yeah. loser. I'm, the Grateful oh, Dead are the musical loser. Oh, okay. The mu- yeah. musical loser. I feel like they were selling out stadiums. I feel like it's not going to happen. As uh, it's not going to happen again. I feel like that was a phenomenon that reintroduced itself. Let's hope. And we're out. Let's I feel like jam bands. bands thanks, Jerry. Dead. They're, that's they're cockroaches, use. man. They're never going to die. We're going we're to rephrase this. No thanks, <laughs> no. Jerry. Because, this is why, though, for real, because we've come out of like two years of really no like live great like live yeah. music hasn't really been happening, and that is the antithesis of that thing, and I, I'm over yeah, it. but that's why it's I'm worried. Time to take it out Because back. those people are addicted to the live music. I think jam bands are going to be bigger than ever after this pandemic. <laughs> like, the, are, I'll tell you right now. I'm scared. Either way, the, still a musical yeah, loser, and I'm not into it. Yeah. It's time to invest in Twisted Tea stock because that's how <laughs> And grilled cheese sandwich <laughs> ingredients. Is this like for everyone, man? Can I, can, I, can I exchange this NFT for hot dogs? <laughs> the great yeah, thing but I about, made it, man. It's a weed monster. The great thing about Kool-Aid is you can drink it and dye your hair with it. Oh, <laughs> um, my 2021 musical loser um, is Eric Crapton. Hmm. Because he put out some like very thinly veiled, the world can't lock us down type of music, and he's anti you know mask mandates and all that stuff. He sued a woman, or he like won some a lawsuit a, a month and a half ago or whatever against a woman who had sold a bootleg Eric Clapton CD for like eleven dollars on eBay, and he sued this woman for millions of. Dollars. It's like you're such a piece of shit. Didn't he take it back though? I thought I, I read somewhere know. that he took it back. Yeah, but what's the point of fucking doing it? Yeah, what a douche. Yeah, um, and he's a loser too because 
John Mayer put out the Joe Joe Clapton album and proved Clapton fucking sucks. And that music is a joke. (laughs) Forever man, forever man. Um, So yeah, he's just like, he's a dude, the longer it goes on, or how about he's mentioned multiple times in Get Back, the Beatles documentary, and every time he's mentioned where George Harrison is like, well, maybe we should just get Clapton to play on this. I just think, fuck, fuck Eric Clapton. That's where I'm at with that dude now. Yeah. You you said the Layla Live thing, and the first thing I think is, yeah, I like those songs, but fuck Eric Clapton, because that's how far I am against him now. Oh. Yeah? So he's my oh, musical man. loser. I get it. I uh, Yeah, he's, uh, for me, with him, I'm just like, yeah, man, like, that's cool, like, that you've been, you, like, you want to talk, like, you want to play live, and, like, you have all these feelings, that's fine, but yeah. I'm going to weigh even back all those opinions, I don't give, even give a crap, Eric Clapton doesn't play well live, and hasn't played well live in, like, 35 years, yeah. so yeah. 50 years, I'm over it, like, that's what I'm over, I'm like, play good live, yeah. and then maybe somebody will come see you, be a good showman, talk to the crowd. Yeah, we anything. talked about him on the last Waltz episode, underwhelming, yeah. like, all, all around 2021, yeah. and fuck Eric Clapton. Yeah, because Eric Clapton, the way that I see it is, like, and anybody who knows my taste in Eric Clapton knows, it's really just Blues Breakers, Blind Faith, Cream, and that's kind of where the that's kind of where it ends for me. Like, it doesn't really... Uh, the Layla Derek album. And, yeah, Layla, yeah, Derek Layla. and the Dominoes. But that's pretty much where yeah. it stops. After that, I'm like... He had a good, even the, he had a good four years. Even the, <laughs> but, dude, even the Eric Clapton documentary that was featured yeah. on Showtime, do you, know where that, do you know where that documentary musically ends? Pretty much around that point. Yeah. I mean, they kind of... There's, like, a kind of at the end where, you know, his son passes away and Tears from Heaven and all that stuff happens. Mm. But, like the deep dive about Eric Clapton is like, no, this is when he was interesting. And then he's just kind of stopped being interesting. Yeah. You know, and I get it. I get it. Fuck him. You know, <laughs> fuck, fuck him. Fuck him. We'll do it live. Who, who's, fuck who's your loser, Mike? My loser. Or what's your see, loser? Well, I would say I picked an album as sure. a loser and my album that's a loser is just, is Donda. I'm just done. It's like enough with fucking Kanye West madness being confused for genius. I'm over it. I'm fucking done with it. Man. He had his shining light moment and I love it and it's fantastic and it's, it's beautiful. Like Kanye West at the best is the best. Sure. But now it's like, all right, man. Like, Dude, he put out like, a two and a half enough. hour album that every track for most part has two versions of it on the album it's like what's the fucking point you couldn't figure out what songs you wanted and what was good and it's just over it's just bullshit you guys but it's just like like the genius sort of unraveled into madness and now i think that's what it is and he's just kind of like to me kanye west seems like a bloated brand like harley davidson where it's just kind of like just because your name on it is on it doesn't mean that it's a quality product bro and like time to have some fucking self-awareness and just be like Dial it back. You're a billionaire. Just yeah. relax and start like maybe just get back into producing. Like just get out. Like just I'm I'm just I'm done with your albums, man. Like yeah, I've, I and fully the best agree. are the best, but it's like enough is enough, man. That was fully that agree. was my close um, musical loser for the year. Yeah, it's yeah. just like dude. Get, get I wish him well. Here. Get your shit together. Yeah, mental health not, is important. Right, and I don't mean to, I don't mean to sound insensitive no, no, in that regard. Don't. You know, he just you know obviously uh, obviously some people know, yeah. some people don't. Just went through a divorce and like this whole thing's happening. So. Like it is what you know. Like life has its uh, its ebbs and its flows, but in yeah, terms musically. of musically, yeah. But from a just from a musical standpoint, it's just kind of like, dude, trim the fat. And the demand is so high. The like the raving about like, oh my god, did you? But did you hear version three remix of this song? And it's like, who, uh, who gives a fuck? Like, yeah, you know what? It 
ultimately that album was 14 tracks with everything doubled as a different remix or a different version. Yeah. And out of the 14 tracks, I liked like five of them, yeah. maybe five of them. Yeah. Maybe. <clears throat> and it's yeah, like, and- do your thing. But like, you know what? I don't really, I don't know. The like no cursing anymore. So it's like, it's just like blank space in the rhymes where people would be cursing. It's just, uh, I don't know. It's, it just it's, seems it's to interesting, me, but uh, it seems to me like he's just all out of ideas. So yeah. he's just picking ideas out of a hat. <laughs> it's like, this isn't Dylan's gospel years, bro. You don't have to do a gospel album. Like, can we just get, can yeah. we just move on with it? Like, he hasn't made I anything I love in five years. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like it's just it feels everything just feels stale, ago. and it's like yo, like four albums ago. No when to hang it up though. You know what I mean? Like just because you're Kanye West doesn't mean that you have to produce an album. Like you've you've made some of your greatest work. Like just relax and enjoy it now. Like why do you have to? You know, so, speaking of know. having to do something, who is our musical 2021s? Who is the best? I think winners, winners. winners. Um, who won? Because I, I I have somebody that I have an artist that is my winner. I uh, mentioned as my fifth favorite album of this year, but uh, Lil Nas X is my 2021 winner because he was a novelty single artist a couple years ago. I think people didn't think anything would happen. He put out a huge album this year. Every song is like a TikTok like video craze and uh, doing the like full blatant sexuality stuff and you know SNL performance where he's shirtless with male dancers and they're very. Um, you know, graphically sexual and like all, you know, all that kind of adult theme stuff. And he's on Uber eats commercials with Elton John dressed like fucking, you know, in a powdered wig and sequin (laughs) ball gown and stuff. And it's just like, that dude worked his way out of Mambo number five, (laughs) right? Lou (laughs) Bega triumphs. Um, so yeah, I just, I just thought like a guy who was just, a you know, could have been an absolute one-off joke and just proved this year, like took yeah. complete charge of his career. And I had, I think he had pop culture in his stranglehold for at least a couple months this, this year. Yeah. Luke. Uh, I chose Britney Spears as my oh, musical okay. winner this year. Yeah, very nice. Um, the free Britney movement was something that I like was fascinated with just like, I think everybody else was, um, it mostly because I'm I'm a giant Brian Wilson fan, and I see mm. I see the same the same thing. I see that we do it to a lot of artists. Um, like Britney Spears isn't the only one. I think that her story and message um, got out very widely, and I hope that we don't do this again. I think the public is um, almost kind of ensuring that like we don't do that to the Billie Eilishes of the world or the Olivia yeah. Rodrigos of the world now. Mm. Um, because I think we the whole story is out. We saw what we did. Um, like, and I say we like we all bought magazines Culture, and watched TV yeah. shows and um, participated in her downfall. Mm-hmm. And I feel like um, she said a lot without saying a lot, which was very powerful. And I feel like she gets to do what she wants now, has more artistic freedom and just regular freedom. And um, <laughs> I feel like it's important for people to not only realize what you know like how great the art is and how much fun it is but also that um people need to be taken care of and taken seriously and yep. given respect as artists so um that's you know that yeah, is good choice that is why i think she's a winner i think yeah. it really showed that like mm-hmm. we need to take care of the people that we uh hold in high regard 
How yeah. inappropriate too. You look back and like you just see every interview. She's like nineteen and they're like, Are you still a virgin? Yep. The world wants to know. Yep. What's your bra size? And it's like, oh my God. Jesus yeah, Christ. and I feel like yeah. uh, what does that do what does that do to the development of a young person? Yeah, yeah you know? I, I think we needed to see uh we needed to see that in our own eyes and the yeah. documentaries that came out were really uh you know, eye opening and that whole movement was very eye opening. Uh yeah. If you're interested in that topic, watch uh, Love and Mercy, the Brian Wilson biopic. Uh, I think it also yeah. highlights that story very yeah. well. Good choice. Uh, I I must have misread the uh, the message thread because I did I did an, I did a, an album winner of the oh, year. Oh, it can be whatever you want. Um, but we like I said earlier, my number one album is the same as my winner of the year kind of thing. Um, yeah. yeah, Silk Sonic, dude. It's just I feel like if 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 I had to just say for the year of 2021. Mm-hmm. This is like, this yep. is my favorite record of the year as a whole. It's got to be Silk Sonic. It just Bruno, has to Bruno be. Mars and uh, Anderson Pack. They uh, they won it this year for you. That is yeah. that is very fair. number one songs and yeah, good music videos. Funny, yeah, funny music like videos. Soul Train type videos. Yeah, it's just so good, <laughs> that, man. That video where Anderson Pack is smoking the cigarette. He's like. Listen, baby. It's just like <laughs> I like when he does the lyric like, "And I want to die," and then he, he falls. falls on the ground, and then there, the camera shows during the rest of the verse he's still laying on the ground when, <laughs> when Bruno Mars is singing. Yeah, Bruno Mars comes back. And he's like, "This, <laughs> yeah, bitch he hops up, got me." Yeah. <laughs> and then like he's in the background just yeah, dead. yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, uh, yeah, I I like think that's velvet. a great choice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the whole that whole thing. Yeah, crush I, velvet and gold. I want more records and, from them. I want. Yeah. I yeah. definitely want yeah. more collabs. Yeah, so that's my favorite. Uh, do you want to just do a quick roundtable of? Because um, we did do new discoveries. I don't know if you guys have. Just, oh sure. You just want to? Sh- I forgot sh- that one. Just shoot it out real quick as like a last minute. Yeah. So this the new discovery thing. We can kind of end as like kind of like. A yeah. Send off. reviews. Yeah, like things to check out. Yeah. Um, one of my new obsessions this year was uh artist that I had listened to before but I hadn't gotten like really deep on. But that was Serge Gainsbourg and Jane Birkin, who was a couple a, a French songwriter, basically like the f- not the same music but the same kind of impact. He was like the Frank Sinatra of France. Oh. Huge music Frank, person. Oh, Frank Sinatra. Sure. <laughs> From the Francophone Sinatra. <laughs> you know the album cover. You definitely know. It's the woman with topless. jeans, yeah. That's that's Histoire oh, okay. de Melody Nelson. So that's that's like maybe the first one they made together. But Serge Gainsbourg was like, uh, I think in his late 40s, and he found model and singer and Shan, Shantus, is that the word? Um, Jane Birkin, who was a, a British woman, and she was like 20. So, you know, different time, different era, different culture and society. So he they made albums together where... He's kind of like always boundary crossing and button pushing and kind of like transgressive and kind of like his albums would be like banned for like Mm. sexual subject matter and stuff like that. And he was writing concept albums with his with the woman who ended up being his wife, who was 25 years younger than him. And she does all these like very breathy, beautiful vocals on it. And it's music that's kind of like, you know, the music of uh, Betty davis mm. it's kind of betty davis-ish music but it's that french dreamy like romantic like he sings everything like this and <laughs> and she is like this beautiful like wispy yeah. singer and and they made a handful of albums together from the i believe like 68 69 till 
76, 77. I so. always thought it was kind of like French, um, uh, like uh, Gets Gimberto, like uh, sure. where oh, it yeah. has uh, like the wife right, doing right. like the. Well, yes. That's yeah. that's always the vibe I got. Yeah, where it yeah. was, uh, cause Girl with, from Ipanema type of yeah, uh, collaboration. Astrid uh, Gilberto. Gilberto, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I always kind of thought it was kind of like yeah, that vibe. Yeah, it, it is. So it's interesting music because it's like, you know, it's music where he is in his late 40s and he's singing about being in love with a just late teens girl. And that was the honest truth of what their life was. And like I said, it was 50 years ago, so it's not like I'm co-opting like this view. But sometimes you listen to music and it's a historical document of a time and it's interesting to get a view of the world at that time and how people lived and what in uh, relationships were between men and women and people of different ages and backgrounds and blah, blah, blah. And it's just great music because it's like predominantly, almost entirely in French. And so I don't really understand what they're saying. And sometimes if I'm interested, I look up the lyrics and sometimes I just let it play and I just like let it wash over me. And it's kind of like low key, kind of like not I, goofy, like seventies porn music, but it's kind of, it kind it's, of veers into vibe. that sometimes. Yeah. It's a vibe. Um, so very cool. Like, I don't know. And I just got really into them. That's like great morning music um, and great late evening music. So Serge Gainsbourg, Jane Birkin, both their collaborations together and their solo stuff through the like, mid 60s through late 70s right on yeah. love it um mm, you can go michael yeah i'll go so for mine it's a just an album that excuse me i um was recommended to me just by a co-worker mm. um it's tory lane's alone at prom uh i came out tory on, oh yeah tory Tor- lane's lane's yeah oh controversial is it controversial? Well, he shot Megan the Stallion. <laughs> oh, I did not know but it's, that. But it's all good. Music's music. Continue. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> not, well, sorry, folks. Continue. I had no. I had. Well, this goes to show you exactly. Yeah, if you don't know the whatever. I, yeah, you know. I had no idea. But it was just like a coworker was like, "Hey, you should check this album out. You might like it." And I had never listened to Tory Lanez. Sure. I had, I had barely even. I, I don't even think I really, really knew. I had heard the name, but I never sure. actually listened to it. Yeah. Um, and this is like, it's all like eighties down mm. kind of a vibe and, you know, and it's, it's very different, I guess, to what he, he normally does. Again, I have no idea. What's the name of the album? Uh, it's called Alone at Prom. Okay. Uh, it's kind of moody. It's super short. It's only 36 minutes long, um, 11 songs. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's, it's a cool vibe song. I, I didn't know that he shot someone but I, you know what can you do you know what can you do we're we're about the art not mike's the like artist, i didn't I shoot mike's like i didn't shoot anyone. i didn't shoot anyone well i it's i didn't, didn't know, know that so i kind of feel bad but it's a good album <laughs> she's alive and you know we, yeah. It's, yeah yeah not yeah. no harm no foul she, she's okay is she okay is how yeah he shot her in the foot or yeah like megan the, the stallion's leg. still alive yeah. yeah i know she's well i know she's still alive she shot her in the foot on yeah. what on what grounds? I think on the grounds of like in Goodfellas, you don't love like me dance anymore, bitch. Kind of grounds, possibly. Oh, yuck. Yeah, you know that's not good. Like I think they had a romantic relationship and then it went south. And but that also was that was a while ago. Not that it makes it better, but it was. <laughs> it was like a, I think that was like two or three years ago that he shot her. Yeah, and good I, Lord, I, had no I think idea. he was like on the rise and she was on the rise at the time, and then he shot her, and then he kind of got. 
canceled. Yeah, I've never, I've, I've just never heard of any music. Not for any, re- not for that reason, but I, yeah. I've just never seeked it out. Like I said, I just never. It was just, it was, it was an album that was recommended to me by somebody, yeah. and I listened to it having no idea. R. Kelly recommended you this record. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon. Oh my god. Um, so I mean, I guess give it a listen, knowing the fact that he shot Megan the Stallion in the foot. I don't know. It's uh, that's your call, I guess. Now that we know that, but um, it was I liked listening to the yeah, music. Sure. I guess. Yeah. It was fun. Well, <laughs> that was it. Wasn't that offensive. was a very Michael pick? It was uh, a very Michael pick. I was uninformed. To, yeah. To be fair, you're not like plugged into the like. The zeitgeist, yeah. Gen Again, Z. well, this right, is—I right, I think yeah. the point that I'm trying to make is like you know when when people when I you know I'm the dad rock element right, in, I think, right, in this right. podcast. So. <laughs> Mike's like, Mike's so like, like, can we just talk about Ted Nugent? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we all know his crimes. <laughs> we all know the Great White Buffalo. Oh my God! Um, all right, so yeah, my so, my thing of the year. Um, <laughs> so whatever. So <laughs> whatever. <laughs> You're, you know, have fun with your, with your, with your gun shooting. Music. Oh, um, mine this year. No, um, I listened to a ton of like new records and stuff this year, but um, yeah, I'm gonna shout out like an old favorite. I think, or something I discovered this year. Uh, Sonic Youth was my like oh, giant yeah. discovery this year. Mm. Um, anybody, I'm gonna plead to anybody that likes indie music. Buy Sonic Youth's uh, Daydream Nation or stream it. It is comparable to any indie release. It's a great guitar release. Um, people like are always shitting on 80s music. It is a great guitar record from the 80s. It's well written, well done. Everything about it is great. Um, and I think Sonic Youth is a band that, um, you know should be reevaluated in today's times because I feel like there's a ton of records that sound like Sonic Youth that come out today and none of like none of the um none of general populace yeah, sees the connections. Yeah, like almost none. And there's like a t- there's a great amount of work that I feel like is just I mean they everybody knows about them mm-hmm. but um could be very much reevaluated in today's times. Yeah, all those bands are very it's like how every like every mid '80s Metallica type band would talk about the influence of Black Sabbath. Yes. Like every band now that is kind of like that, what they call like Dreamo, which it's like Nemo meets Shoegaze meets Grunge, whatever revival that's happening now. Sonic Youth is like an out, a band that those out, those bands all listen to. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it's I, like Sonic Youth and my what's that other one? Uh, that put out Loveless. Oh, uh, 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 my bloody Valentine. My bloody Valentine. Yeah. So like those are the two from that era pre like Nirvana that were, mm. yeah, yeah, big bands. And I just feel like um you know it because I discovered them this year and yeah. was like oh duh. So yeah, right, um right. I think everybody else could also have that moment. So mm. that was my uh, my choice. Right on. Well, cool, man, twenty twenty one, twenty twenty one. All on right. To, on, we're on to. Uh, 2022. 2022, <laughs> the year of our Lord. The year of our Lord. Uh, of our Lord. Let's let's ring out this year like that guy that watches trains over in the UK. Oh, oh okay. I love it. <clears throat> so, uh, do, you want, do you want me to, oh, be, yeah, you want me to you, be him? Can you be him? Yes. I can be him. Ready? Yeah, Here right. we go. Jeff, can I get okay. a... Uh... <laughs> 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 
Yes, yes. That was so good. That was so good. This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information, and links to other shows please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com slash podcasts.